Hi everyone, I'm Pamelia Chia and you are listening to the Singapore Noodles Podcast, your go-to destination to learn about Singaporean food culture. Today I have on the show Dana, who is the founder of Jamu by Dana Safia. So Jamu is a traditional Javanese health tonic with benefits to boost one's immune system and maintain good health. In this episode, I speak with Dana about the perception of Jamu amongst young Singaporeans and whether or not she believes that this traditional drink is able to transcend ethnic boundaries. Hey Dana! Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Thank you so much for um, asking me to join you on your podcast. Very excited. I'm very excited to have you as well because, you know, I was looking through your Instagram and it looked like a really fresh take on Jamu, you know, which is something that's very, very traditional. So I would love to find out exactly what Jamu is because I'm sure a lot of my listeners don't know what it is. So can you give us a little bit of a background on it? Jamu. So Jamu actually comes from um, Javanese language. Okay, so um, uh, it, it, it combines between two words called Jawa, which means Javan or Javanese. And then the other word is called Gramu, which is means uh, mixing or um, gathering of all ingredients. So when you combine these two words together, it forms as Jamu. And it has been known as a um, traditional medicine uh, for in Indonesia. Mm. And what uh, is the relationship with Jamu growing up? Was it something that you feel every Singaporean Malay or every Singaporean Javanese has access to when they were growing up? I believe so because uh, when I was growing up, I grew up uh, in a household with uh, my grandmother as well. Uh, but before my grandmother moved in with us, I, uh, my mom usually dropped me off uh, at her place. You know, it's like grandma taking care of me. So I would follow my grandmother um, you know, to go for um, her clients' massages, especially after the clients gave birth. So she does postnatal massage and postnatal care for mothers. So, um, so I've been following her around for quite a number of years. And then when we got home, she would prepare some traditional medicine. So it's not only just Jammu, the traditional drink, but she also uh, prepared this, this thing called Param. I'm sure a lot of Malay Indonesian would know what it means, um, you know, especially when you gave them birth. So they use Param to put it on their forehead. So that is some uh, another traditional medicine. Um, she also made her own massage oil and um, other form of traditional medicine that would actually benefit her um, clients. Mm. So she um, would make Jammu for you as a drink growing up? She does actually. Um, she would encourage, um, you know, her her children and her grandchildren to, you know, keep up with the tradition and keep drinking jamu because it's not only just, you know, good for our internal health. It's actually good for our overall health. That is actually includes with mental health. Mm. Yeah, actually, I feel that that's very very similar to. Um uh, Chinese people when we make a herbal drink because my mom is Cantonese and she would make like bottles and bottles of those like drinks like brews right and she'll keep it in the fridge and every time we come home from school we'll just drink some um, so are there different kinds of jamu like you know in Chinese cooling tea right there are like different mm. kinds of tea for different purposes so are there different kinds of jamu as well Oh, definitely. Um, you know, jamu comprises with different uh, ingredients like, you know, the herbs and the spices and whatnot, right? So different herbs and, um, you know, different root plants actually produce different components of uh, beneficial to your health. So yeah. if you mix them up together, you, 
it is so crucial for you to understand these ingredients and also to um, know what are they used for, you see. So what people don't know is that it's not just a turmeric, ginger and uh, finger root or for the example, it's not just that. It is, uh, uh, it is how do I say this? It's like um, composite with other ingredients. So yes, different jamu uh, fits different purposes. So when was the first time you actually tried making jamu on your own? Oh gosh, that was many, many years ago. Uh, I failed miserably because I used turmeric powder and you're not supposed to use turmeric powder because that's not fresh at all. So it tastes so weird that I didn't want to try jamu after that. Um, so that was my first time. But um, I rediscovered it and I um, you know, realized that it's important to use fresh turmeric uh, when making jamu. So I rediscovered it last year while on lockdown. I was just bored, to be honest with you. And I thought, okay, well, I want to go back to my roots. I want to understand more about jamu. So I, I digged out um, all the family recipes that was passed down. Mm. So, and I follow to the T to make sure that, you know, everything is, um, the ingredient is correct and everything is correct. So that's how I rediscovered jamu as well. Oh, I didn't know that you guys actually passed down recipes for jamu as well. That's so interesting. Like, I only thought that people passed down food recipes because I never inherited any of my mom's cooling tea recipes. Oh, uh, no, you missed out. You, know, um, you should ask your mom, to be honest, because uh, um, it is... What people don't know is that, you know, different family have different recipe in jamu. Not only just, you know, the, the rendang. Because rendang, every family has different rendang, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same as jamu as well. Although uh, the main ingredient that they always use is turmeric. What do you think is the common perception of jamu? Is it something that's very uncool? It's not because it's uncool, but I think because people didn't understand or know the knowledge, uh, I'm sorry, the benefits are of it, not knowledge. What am I saying sometimes? But you know, the benefits are of it. I think people don't know that and also people have the misconception that it's a placebo. Mm. Because if you think about it, right, so for an example, like, you know, you go to all these health cafe and so on. So they sell this asahi um, seed puddings and uh, so, so for example, like apple and stuff. So all of these um, fruits and plants and organic seeds are actually has a lot of uh, vitamins and nutritions in them that people don't, don't um know about or maybe have no knowledge about lack of knowledge about so when it comes to jamu people always think oh it's placebo because you know it comes from a tradition for a very very long time so to them it's like oh it's not in the modern world anymore yeah so i feel that is the conception now uh the trend now uh when when i talk to people about jamu so that's the reason why i feel like i think it's time to redesign what is jamu and how we actually convey the message of what is jamu to the general public as well yeah and for you when you first started with this jamu business what did your friends and family say uh, my family was very supportive. Uh, they say, wow, good on you. You know, you're bringing out the um, new, uh, not new, I mean, like you're bringing out the tradition, uh, you know, of uh, our family and uh, where we come from and so on. So they were very supportive. My friends, uh, there's some who actually doesn't understand what is Jammu. I think it's also because, you know, they are Europeans. Um, mm. So they don't live in this part of the world when they were growing up. So they don't know what it is. So when they taste it they go like oh this is very invigorating 
but you know my local friends uh you know they know what it is and you know they some of them enjoy it obviously some of them still find it very invigorating when it comes to the taste but you know taste uh differ from person to person i feel so some says it's really nice some say it's not really nice so really so that that is what um my family and friends actually thought about it Mm. And how was this journey of finding out more about jamu? I mean, uh, apart from following your family recipes, right? Were there any like stalls that you had to visit to find out more from the market? For example, I know that in Geylang Serai, there is a market that sells jamu ingredients called City Flower Power. Someone told me mm-hmm. about it and apparently they have a lot of those interesting um, ingredients. Like for example, they have so many different kinds of ginger in their stall. Mm-hmm. So is that like a place that you would go to to get ingredients? So our ingredients that we use, right, I personally go to different stalls, mm. mainly because of the consistency that this stall brings in for the ingredients. Mm. So for an example, if I want to go and find palm sugar, I will go to a certain store or a red ginger, another store, or another one is called Javanese ginger. Uh, also go to another store because the main the main reason because they came from different source or different region of Asia Pacific. So um, if I want to give you another example, like you know red ginger, I specifically like to use red ginger that is grown in India because of the strong flavor and um, you know it it is that's where you know i feel like that's where the soil when they plant the red ginger is uh, more suitable. Mm than it was in um in in Indonesia for an example. So different stalls actually have different um I mean like I get it there are some stalls that sell same thing but they don't come from the same source. So for me where it comes from is more important than which stall I go to. Mm. You know you mentioned yeah. red ginger. That's so interesting because I've never ever heard of this ingredient. Like what no. exactly is red ginger? Do people cook with it or is it just for jamu? Oh no, people do cook with it as well. But um, you know, I'm not a cook. I don't really cook that much. But I know people do use cook. Yeah, uh, do do use red ginger to cook it. So red ginger in Indonesia means uh jahe merah. Uh-huh. I mean jahe means ginger and merah means red. So what people don't know about red ginger is that you know it's um uh, actually able to you know uh treat headaches and cough naturally as it is is also uh you know improve your appetite which means that it helps you to uh do weight loss as well for weight loss and also uh, reduces col- uh, cholesterol and uh, blood sugar levels so i have to say that um red ginger alone has its own component mm. uh that actually i added into uh my men's and women's uh, jamu yeah, that's something that I wanted to ask you about. Like, I saw a men's range and a female range on your shop. What's the difference? Uh, the difference is the ingredients that we use that actually uh, benefits more uh, biologically on different genders. So, for an example, for men, right, I use Tongkat Ali. So, I'm sure everybody know what is Tongkat Ali, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... When men when men drink tongkat ali, it actually you know helps them to promote, um, increase their metabolism as well as this is something that people do not know, and I really want to push uh, the 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 information forward is that it actually helps with uh, increase of muscle mass and strength. <laughs> mm. 
So it's, it's not only just, you know, to enhance your sexual performance. Uh, you know you know what they always think about uh, Tungkak is always about sex. But it's yeah. actually not. It's actually more than that. It actually really helps you building your muscle mass as well as strength. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. feel that is the common perception of what Tongka Ali is in the mass yeah. media. Right? But I'm sure it's linked to so many other benefits as well, not just sexual health. Um, I find it interesting that a lot of jamu ingredients are going extinct now. Do you feel the same? I actually do feel the same and I, and I do have plans. This is very interesting. I have to share this with you because I, it is going to extinct and it is very rare to find. And I have to say some of the ingredients are quite expensive. Mm. Um, as well because of their rareness. So I have been planning to set up a garden just to plant my own uh, root plants for my jamu. That is on the way, that is on the way. Um, I'm not going to tell when, <laughs> but it's definitely coming. Uh, we are gathering all the seeds and everything. So the seeds are, you know, definitely is going to be imported and that would take some time to actually reach here because of COVID and stuff like that. But it's definitely going to happen and it is actually part of the plan uh, for the Jammu expansion to grow our own uh, root plants. That's so interesting. So you're going to have your own plot of land. It's not going to be like in your balcony kind of thing. (laughs) No, no. So I'm very lucky enough that, you know, I live in a neighborhood where they um, actually, uh, how do I say this? Like they're nature lovers. And yeah. having like a garden or herbs, like my neighbors have chickens even. Don't oh. ask. <laughs> they actually they actually lay eggs. Yeah. I'm I'm serious. The chicken lay eggs and they just have fresh eggs every day. So I thought like I want to bring that, you know, that kampung spirit to the modern world as well. So I thought like, you know what, I'm going to plant my own jamu uh root plants and my jamu ingredients. I think that would be fantastic if you actually, you know, manage to get them to grow and harvest enough for your jamu. I would love to find out about the traditional process of preparing jamu. Because in my mind, it's just like, okay, you blend up all the ingredients and then you just boil it. But (laughs) what is it? (laughs) Oh my God, babe, it is a long process. Um, Just to make like 20, 30 bottles, it would take me the whole entire day. So let's say I start at 7am, I'm only going to finish at 10pm. That is how long the process. So when we first start at 7am, we uh, peel off the skin of the root plant one by one slowly and then we have to wash it, rinse. That's when we will cut it small (laughs) and then we will blend it. But we blend it separate. In a way that, you know, we blend it, mixing up to the ingredients that we are supposed to mix when we blend it. Yeah. Then we will, then we will uh, put it in a boiling pot of water inside and we have to keep stirring it for the next six hours. Before Why six we... hours? I mean, is that for the nutrients to be extracted or...? That is correct, yes. So, um, the thing is, the window... This is based on my own um, knowledge as well. So the window of extraction when it comes to boiling herbs is between four to six hours. So we try to maximize the time to ensure that, you know, when people take a shot of our jamu, they actually benefits it, uh, benefit it, uh, benefit more than, you know, just brewing it for like two, three hours. No, we have to brew it long. Wow. Yeah. And what? also because you know, we use tamarind. Hmm. Uh, sugar, uh, palm sugar. 
Yep. So for that, that is quite hard already as its own. And then, you know, for it to dissolve into the boiling pot, it would take some time as well. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it sounds like a very tedious process. I mean, I used to, so I used to, I mean, I work as a chef and, um, you know, I used to peel lots of ginger or like galangal. It's just the worst thing because, you know, you have to go into all the nooks and crannies, right? Yeah, because it's, okay, you, you know, um, jelanja, which is a good thing. You know how small it is and it has like these antennas and everything where, you know, it's just so tiny. You have to use a really, really tiny knife to actually craft all the skin out to make sure that it's all clean. Because the thing is, we don't want to use the skin um, into our brewing pot and we have to rinse it after. It's also because it is uh, from a root plant. Mm. So all of the soil is still stuck onto the um, plant itself. I mean, you know, the, the ingredient itself, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said we just now. Do you mean mm-hmm. like your entire family helps you with this or is it just you? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, yeah, because <laughs> I have to ask them. Because the thing is, I also have a full-time job. Yeah. So I have to ask help uh, from externally. So this is a funny thing. My mom helps me. Um, and then my uncle helps to deliver. Mm, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's technically like almost like a, a family business. But you know, it is, it is very meaningful, I feel. Uh, but I still do have um, stuff in the kitchen to help me to do the peeling as well. Because that you cannot do alone. It yeah. will take you out. Definitely. Like, okay. So do you feel like maybe it's this laborious nature of the job that prevents Jammu from being more widespread in Singapore? I think that is part of the reason as well. Uh, Apart from people may uh, have that mindset that it's a placebo. Mm. Um, But the other part is also what you actually mentioned, is the tedious part of making it. Mm. Um, that I feel our younger generation do not have the time for, like myself included, because you know, you're juggling with so many things and you're hustling as well at the same time, you know, to keep up with the uh, world. So I feel that's the, also the reason why. Uh, mm. So what do you think would be your dream, you know, for, for this business? I, actually, I, the business itself, um, it was, wasn't very concrete until today. To be honest, like I was like, oh, no, serious, serious. I was like, okay, I, now I have a jamu product. What else, you know? What am I going to bring? And I was thinking like, oh, I want to make sambal or oh, I want to make rendang paste for an example. But I just don't see how it's aligned to yeah. um, the traditional health drink. So um, I dig a little deeper on the family recipe. Don't tell anyone, okay, secret. <laughs> uh, no, that's when I come up with that there's... Um, Recipes for massage oils, for param, for postnatal um, moms, and many other um, natural um, tradition medicine that you know would benefit the mass as well. So my my dream, my goal is to build up a company that solely produce natural traditional medicine um, from Indonesia. Mm, it's so interesting mm. because. Um, a while ago, I was interviewing someone from the Ayurvedic Association of Singapore, and she was talking to me about the differences in approach between Western medicine and how uh, her Indian culture views 
medicine. So what do you think are the differences between Western medicine and the way your culture perceives the role of medicine? Um, okay, so my my culture, I, I wouldn't say my culture, that, that I think I feel that is wrong as well because you know, after all, I was born and brought up in Singapore. Mm. Uh, but the, my closest, when I feel like my culture will be, you know, my grandma. Mm. So anyway, how do how do I feel that they perceive? So I okay, this is based on my own personal. I cannot see, yeah, uh, you know what what is everybody is thinking. So for me, I mean, it all comes in a balance, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Western uh, medicine is heavily chemicalized. Yeah, yeah, you know, using you know uh, lab made um, pills, and- yeah, pills and stuff. So that could help you at a certain extent and I feel that it's temporarily mm. and once you stop it you know I feel like you know it, you it just you you're not cured 100% this is how I feel yeah. uh, because the disease was to come back anyway like for an example fever mm. yeah right so I feel like that is that is my perception for um for western uh, medicine but when it comes to traditional uh, health drink like jammu for an example right it actually encourage when you drink it it, it encourage your body to produce its own antibodies mm. therefore if you consistently drink it one shot a day for my jamu for an example um, you will be able to feel like you know your body will be able to fight and resist more of you know uh, viral no, i wouldn't say viral but more like the common diseases that people catch for an example like fever cold cough uh, and so on even body aches for an example so that is my perception so one is western where you know it, it, it comes from a component of chemically heavy um, lab uh, pills but when it comes to traditional health drink it comes from root plant all natural and you know it, it our ancestors many years ago more like 200 years ago have been drinking it you know so i feel like when it comes to balance, I would take Western medicines when you know I'm feeling really, really sick. And to be honest with you, I haven't taken Western medicine uh, for a very long time. Actually, for a year and a half. Mm, wow! Mm, You've just yeah. been relying on jamu. So I've been relying on jamu every day, a shot a day. Wow. So ever since then, yeah, yeah, serious. So ever since then, I feel like my body actually produces own antibodies. So yeah. for an example, right now, right, I haven't had a cold or a fever or sore throat for over a year and a half. Mm. And I used to, before this, I used to get sick at least, really, really sick, like, you know, those kind of like fever for one week and then you got flu and then you got the trio combo, like what I said. Um, you know, quite often, I wouldn't say quite often, like maybe like two, three times in a year. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really feel a difference in my body when it comes to consistently drinking um, jamu. Mm, and was this why you wanted to start the business? Because you saw the benefits for your own body? Yeah, actually, that's one of the reasons why. And also because people have been asking me, like, you know, how do I maintain myself, you know, at this age? How do I keep myself active and so on and so forth? So I told them, it's like, you know, I've been, you know, drinking jamu and, you know, using my own um, family recipe to heal my body instead of relying on to, uh, you know, process medicine. Yeah. 
So, mm. you know, in, in mainstream media now, when we think about Singaporean heritage, you know, or parts of our cultural heritage, we think about hawker food, we think about, um, you know, food that you get at the mamak stalls. But mm. do you feel that jamu is part of this picture as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, okay, um, I don't know whether anybody was going to agree with me with this, but we are all immigrant. You, me, my next door neighbor. When we are all immigrants in Singapore, I think the only indigenous person or people is uh, the Malays. Hmm. So that the Malay Malays, and I'm not saying that I'm Malay, <laughs> but I'm still Javanese, you know. So um, it is because that's what is Singapore identity it comes from different culture, different background, you know, different religion as well. So yes, tradition medicine like jamu, it is actually part of our culture as well. Mm. And do you feel that this drink that is very, very culturally distinct can transcend mm. ethnic boundaries? Like, have you had any customers who are non-Malay who actually bought your drink? Actually, um, to be honest with you, 60% of my customers are non-Malay. What? <laughs> I have friends uh, who, who is not even Asian drinking jamu and they regularly, consistently ordered from me mm. as well. So I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised. And the fact that, you know, I didn't actually enforce it on them or whatever. They, they just come naturally because they've traveled the world. Uh, they traveled to Indonesia. So they have that knowledge of what is Jamu is. And they know what, how it will benefit them if they consistently um, take a shot a day. Mm. And in your personal experience as someone who is very adept at marketing, right? From I mean, from all your Instagram posts, what do you think is necessary for people to really adopt Jamu into their lifestyles or even be curious about it? Because, you know, I know that Singaporeans, we are a very health conscious bunch, right? You know, now there's the kombucha craze. Everyone wants to brew their own kombucha for their gut health. Um, so what do you think needs to happen for Jamu to be more mainstream? I think the more awareness it has, the better. When I say awareness, it's not just the branding, Jamu, no. I think it's also education comes apart. So that's where my plan comes in in the long run, um, hopefully in the next couple of months where I'll be able to conduct workshops, um, you know, um, educating not only this, the people who wants to know about Jamu, but also other people who have no idea what it's about Jamu. And, and and that is actually quite important. And it's not just to say, oh, this, this drink is healthy for you. No, I want them to also understand the components that I use, the ingredients that I use and why it will benefit them and how it will actually benefit them as well. So I think that is very important right now that people want to know about Jamu. Also, they have to know the background of Jamu and what's inside the bottle that they're also drinking. Because, um, you know, I'm quite, I wouldn't say I'm very health conscious, but, um, you know, I'm quite serious about my well-being as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, like, what, like, if you have any distinct memories attached to Jamu, is, is this a, a drink that has a lot of memories and emotions tied to it? Not really emotional, but it's more about memories of how my grandma would nag at me and tell me how it's good for you. Because, you know, when you were young, you just dismissed it. Oh, this is all old-fashioned, you know. But when you used to grow older, you realize that, oh, grandma was right, actually. You know, so that is the memory has come to me. It's like, oh, my grandmother was right. This is actually good for you. <laughs> why, why, why did I dismiss her when I was younger, you know? 
Mm, thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you so much, Pamela. That wraps up another episode of the Singapore Noodles podcast. You have been listening to Dana from Jamu by Dana Safia. Once again, thank you for listening to the podcast and I'll catch you next week.